Welcome to the Yacht Club, where we are young adults choosing him together. This is the podcast for young adult Christians who are striving to be the people who God has called us to be. This is your host, Justin Morris. I hope you all are having a great day because this is the day that the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. I want to thank you for joining our first episode of the Yacht Club podcast. This podcast is going to be geared towards young adult Christians that are striving to choose Jesus Christ daily. Young adult Christians that are doing everything they can to be the people who God has called us to be. I know we're going to have a lot of people from different walks of life that tune in to the podcast. Maybe you're really strong in your faith during this season of your life, or or maybe you're weak in your faith. Maybe you're going through a difficult time in your life. This is going to be uh, geared towards anyone and everyone. We want everyone to feel welcome to tune in and to uh, just listen and to let God speak to us through his word about what he has to tell us. We're going to try to keep these to about 15 or 20 minutes or so. We want you to be able to plug this in on your way home from work or maybe your way to work or to run some errands. Uh, I know my attention span doesn't last very long, so we're going to try to keep these pretty short and sweet. We'll have some guests on every now and then that I think will be super beneficial for us, and I look forward to that as well. Uh, The topic that we're going to discuss for a few minutes today are a few things that we need to hear God say to us. We know that today we have the completed revelation of God. We know that in God's word pertains all things to uh, all things pertaining to life and godliness. We know that God's word is true, that it's absolute truth, uh, that it has everything that we need um, to, to move throughout life, to know what we need to do to inherit eternal life. And there's a few things that we read of in Scripture that I think we might forget from time to time or we need God to remind us. The first thing that I believe we need to hear God say in our lives is, I love you. We all go through very difficult times in our lives. Either you're going through a difficult time in your life right now, you just got out of a difficult time in your life, or you're about to go through a really difficult time in your life. We know we're going to encounter various trials and temptations, as we're warned of in Scripture. And, And what we forget from time to time is when you decide to be a follower of Jesus Christ, God's never promised us that things would be easy. He actually has promised us just the opposite. So I don't know what you're going through right now. I don't know what you're dealing with. If you're dealing with a a really, really tough time, I want you to know that God loves you. And I think that's a good reminder for for all of us. Uh, It's a a song that we sing from a very, very early age. You know, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. But do we truly realize that God loves us? Uh, Maybe you grew up in a home over the years where you really didn't hear those words, I love you, very often. And and the sad part is there's a lot of people that grow up in broken homes, that grow up in homes of of not an ideal situation where they don't receive the love that they should have from parents. Their parents aren't telling them or showing them, more importantly, that they love them. So it's truly hard for us to grasp the love of God. Uh, One thing that I love in scriptures, we're told that the love of God is something that, that the Holy Spirit uh, through us, through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can know the love of God that surpasses all knowledge. Uh, you know, I can tell you about the death, burial, resurrection, what all Jesus has done for you, how he loves you so much. But until you're a child of God, okay, I don't know that you truly can understand God's love for you. But that's what I want you to know today is, is that God loves you. And I'm going to read a few different verses to you uh, real quick. Uh, One of those being Ephesians 2, 4 through 5 says, But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he had loved us, even while we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Romans 5, 8 says, But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, 
Christ died for us. So either, you know, maybe some of you young adults have young children. Uh, Maybe if you're a young adult that's not married or you don't have children yet, Uh, maybe you have a nephew or niece, but you you all know how valuable little kids are, little children are, and how much they mean to us. Can you imagine as a parent or with your nephew or niece um, offering that person up as an eternal sacrifice for those that you know are going to crown him with thorns that are going to spit in his face, that are going to crucify him and laugh at him and mock him and turn their back on him and desire the things of this world more than those eternal things that that you have spent all of your life preparing for us. That's what God did and that while we were still sinners, knowing what we would do, he sent his son to die for us. That's the love that God has for us. His love is not impersonal, but it's very personal as we read in Luke chapter 12 and verse 7. The next thing that we need to hear from God is, I forgive you. Forgiveness is the greatest gift that we have ever been given by God. If you take the word forgiveness and you mark out the first three letters and the last three letters, you will have given there in the middle. Forgiveness is the greatest gift that we have ever been given by God. And some people might say, well, Justin, I think Jesus Christ is the greatest gift uh, that we've ever been given. And he is an indescribable gift, according to 2 Corinthians verse 9. But you can mark it down that Jesus was given as a gift for a purpose for you having the forgiveness of sins. We know that in 1 Corinthians 15. And verse 3, that he died for our sins according to the scriptures. Someone might say, well, Justin, I think the Holy Spirit is the greatest gift that we've ever been given. And, and grant you, he is a gift, as we read of in Acts 2 and verse 38. The Holy Spirit whom God gives to those whom obey him in, in Acts chapter 5 and verse 32. But the Holy Spirit is not your possession until you have received the forgiveness of sins, as we read there in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. The Holy Spirit is given only when forgiveness is enjoyed. Someone might say, well, Justin, I believe the Bible is the greatest gift that we've ever been given, and it is an incredible revelation from God, the revelation of God. From Genesis all the way to the end of Revelation, the Bible in its entirety is about the forgiveness or the redemption of mankind. And I want you to know this morning that God has told us, or today, God has told us that he will forgive us. In 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9, it says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you are in Christ, if you have been buried with Christ, if you have received the forgiveness of sins, we know that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us, and we can take confidence in that. And what I want you to know today is if you have the guilt of sin weighing over you, that is from Satan himself. Now, we are told in Scripture that we should be moved to godly sorrow that moves us to repentance, a change of mind that leads to a change of heart and ultimately a change of action. Godly sorrow is not a bad thing. When we mess up, when we sin against God, do things we shouldn't do, we should feel a sense of godly sorrow. But there's a difference in godly sorrow and guilt. Guilt is something that lingers over you even after you have made those requests known to God, even after you've asked God for for forgiveness of those sins, feeling like it's still weighing you down. And that is Satan. We know that if we confess our sins to God, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And we know God's, God's not a liar. He's going to forgive us of those sins if we confess those sins to him and repent. Uh, Psalm chapter 103, verse 12. It says, as far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions 
from us. Micah chapter 7, verse 18 says, He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in steadfast love. A lot of people like to look at God of the, the Old Testament as a God of wrath and fury, the God of the New Testament as a God of love and peace and joy. Uh, God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And even the God of the Old Testament was a God in love. He, de- he delighted in love. But we serve a God that's also a just God. We know that if God's going to be a just God, he has to punish evil for what it is. And you see that all throughout the Bible. Uh, you know, the children of Israel, as they kept going through the cycle of disobeying God, we know eventually they exhausted the patience of God, the long-suffering of God. And if you remember, if you read through uh, the, the prophets, the minor prophets specifically, we read about that exile of the children of Israel um, out to uh, a couple of different places. So eventually we know that, that the patience of God can be exhausted, but God does desire. He delights in steadfast love. He wants us to, to show us love and mercy and grace and forgiveness. God's strength is perfected in human weakness, as we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 10. Uh, Paul says, So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that, I should, that it should leave me. But he said, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. You can read throughout the entire Bible, and you see that God uses people in their weaknesses to do some really, really extraordinary things. And think about Paul for just a second. We know that Paul is persecuting Christians. He was there at the death of Stephen. And Paul turns his life around there on the road to Damascus. He obeys the gospel. He is now in Christ. He is going around teaching and preaching. And think about the people that knew Saul, the person he was before he came to know Jesus Christ, uh, truly who Jesus Christ was. You know, as he was going to teach and preach, and there was probably people saying, you know, Paul, weren't you the guy that was around persecuting Christians? Weren't you doing this or that? But Paul kept on teaching and preaching. And we know that when God forgives us and we have forgiveness in Christ, um, sometimes the world still struggles to forgive us. Your friends might struggle to forgive you. They might bring up your past, even when you decided to obey the gospel and turn your life around. And, And I'm sure Paul dealt with the same thing. I want you to know today that your imperfect life is fertile ground for God. In the world today, when we fail, we'll usually lose a promotion. We'll get fired. You'll get benched if you play sports, you know, professional sports. But God does the opposite. When we fail and we realize we, we have fallen and, and failed, then, then God uses that as an opportunity, our weakness. He uses those weaknesses to make us strong and to do some pretty extraordinary things. The next thing we need to hear from God is that you can do better than this. We need God to tell us, and God has told us, look, you can be better. We sing the song or we know the song that says, just as I am. A lot of us know it. And it talks about coming to Jesus Christ just as you are. You don't have to fix yourself. You don't have to um, try to fix everything in your life before you come to Jesus Christ. You're supposed to lay those things down at the feet of Jesus Christ. Lay those down at the cross. Um, That's like saying, you know, if you're sick physically, 
and you need help from a doctor that that you go and you try to fix it yourself before you even go to the hospital like no that's what the hospital is for that's what jesus is for is to heal us is to mend us is to fix us but this is what we also have to understand we can come to jesus just as we are we're told that right come just as you are but we can't stay just as we are. Jesus is not going to meet you just where you are to leave you where you're at. When we know we're in Christ, we become transformed, as we're told in the book of Romans, by the renewal of our mind. We have to be different. We have to stand out. John chapter 8 and verse 11 says, she said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go from now on and sin no more. When he was talking to the, the woman here, he says, go on. I want you to sin no more. I want you to be better. Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 12, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk and not solid food. Like go back to the basics. Read your Bible. Pray every single day. Don't overcomplicate what God has made simple. Read your Bible and pray every day and we'll start to see things change in your life. We know that we can do better. We can be a better servant of Christ. We can be better in our walk with Christ, and we have to be honest with ourselves. The last thing that we need to hear from God is well done. We all desire to hear somebody tell us, good job, well done. I remember uh, not uh, not too long ago, I found a note that was from uh, an old teacher of mine from back in middle school, and it was a letter that she had written that was essentially congratulating me uh, for being a good student. And that's a letter that really stood out to me. Uh, it really resonated with me, and it meant a lot to me. We know that when we hear somebody say, good job, I'm proud of you, well done, that that is some of the greatest words that we ever could hear. We all need God to to say to us, well done, thy good and faithful servant. We all long for words of acceptance and approval. I love this verse here in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 through 8. Paul says, I fought the good fight, I finished the race, and I've kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearance. How confident did Paul have to be in his salvation in Christ before he's even passed to say, I fought the good fight, I've finished the race, and I've kept the faith. That's something that we all should long to be able to say as we near the end of our life, which could be at any time. We should be able to say those words right now. If God were to take us right now, if we were to to end our life here on earth right now, would we be able to say those things? I've fought the good fight, I've finished the race, and I've kept the faith. Matthew chapter 25, verse 21 says his master said to him, well done, the good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little and I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Those are some words we all desire to hear one day. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. There's a couple of things that we need God to tell us today, and he has told us. That first one is, I love you. God wants you to know that he loves you. He desires all men everywhere to come to salvation. He is waiting for you with his arms open. We read about the story of the prodigal son. And the idea there is a, a parable, is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And that heavenly meaning there is God will run and he will meet you with wide open arms and we are going to throw a huge party 
when you come back to the Lord because it's a very, very beautiful thing. God loves you, and he desires to spend eternity with you. The next thing I want you to know today is that God has told you he'll forgive you. If you've never obeyed the gospel, if you have never asked what must I do to inherit eternal life, I I encourage you to reach out to me. I would love to help in any way that I can. But most importantly, I encourage you to study the scripture. God would not make this question or the answer to this question of eternal salvation too difficult for us to read the Bible and understand what he would have us to do. If you've already obeyed the gospel and you have found yourself drifting off, we know that if we confess our sins to him and we repent of those sins, we have that change of heart and mind and we walk towards Christ for walking in the light. We know that the blood of Jesus Christ covers of covers us of our sins. That's first John one uh, verse seven. Also, I want you to know today that you can do better. God has told us you can do better. God has told us that he wants us to be transformed. He wants us to be different from the people that are, are around us. Also, God, desires to tell us, well done, thy good and faithful servant. That is some words that we all, or those are some words that we all long for one day to hear from God. Look, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're dealing with. We all deal with things that probably no one else in your life may know about. Some maybe what we call closet sins that you're dealing with that you're too embarrassed to tell anybody about. You're too embarrassed to bring up at your local congregation. But I want you to know if you don't hear anything today is that God loves you and he desires to spend eternity with you. If I ever can help in any way, feel free to reach out to me. If you ever have any topics that you want us to discuss, feel free to email me at 139ministries at gmail.com. That's all spelled out, 139ministries at gmail.com. I hope to see you all next time. Thank you.